When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Every so often in basketball, you get a night that transcends the sport, that becomes something greater than what we thought it could ever could be. And for us in Dallas, me, Gabe Ibrahim, my co-host Megan Gower, and Dana Mattia, we got to witness something truly, truly special in the Final Four in Caitlin Clark's magnificent performance against one of the best teams we've ever seen. To do what she did was, I, I can't even find the words to describe it. It was the greatest basketball game I've ever been to. I would say it's the greatest basketball game y'all have ever been to. I, how are we feeling this morning? <laughs> well, tired. Tired. But... Tired. <laughs> Vindicated. But still, yeah, I feel like I still have the words. I agree. Like, how good Caitlin Clark was last night was absolutely insane. It was incredible. I mean, anytime you watch a player in the zone, like, it's amazing. But to do it on this stage against that team is, to me, one of the single best performances, like, in sport. It's just women's basketball in sport. Like, how, like, her mental strength of, I mean, the, the craziest crowd. I mean, what, sellout last night, 20,000 people. Not even phased by a thing, just lives for that. Well, I thought, you know, obviously the stats are high country. 41 points, crucially eight assists. And then how many rebounds? Seven? Seven. Six. Seven. Six. 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 Yeah. And, and so those stats are amazing. The, the highlights are incredible. But I think, Dana, what you just said is really, really the important point. A lot of teams, when they play South Carolina, get intimidated, rightfully so. This team did not lose 40, 42 straight games 
They have the biggest players in the country. They have some of the best players in the country. They have one of the best coaches in the country. And they were steamrolling teams for an entire year and a half. And you saw most teams throughout this tournament, throughout the season, even when they got up on South Carolina, would falter because they, they ended up being either Moon was too big for them or they just got intimidated or they just lost who they were. And Iowa just never, ever did that. And I thought that was just the most impressive thing we've seen this season for any team. Yeah, I mean, they came out with their game plan. They executed it, like, from wire to wire. I think that's the biggest thing against the South Carolina team is teams, a lot of teams have executed against them for half, maybe even three quarters. Mm -hmm. To do it for 40 minutes almost never happened. That's why when we were watching it last night, we're like, is this really going to happen? No one really believed it was really going to happen until late in the fourth quarter. I mean, you said absolutely not. (laughs) I said absolutely not multiple times during that game. I did too. Dana looked at us when we were sitting when we were sitting together. He looked at us and he goes, Hey, you guys believe yet? And every single time Megan and I said no. Until honestly I did not believe until McKenna Warnock pulled down an offensive rebound against South Carolina to seal the game. What a moment and it's just like you know, and people are may take this the wrong way, it's truly not what you're gonna th- what some people are gonna say it is. This was such an important night for women's basketball. For that game to happen, for that game to get the attention that it did, and for that game to to live up to the hype yeah. and exceed it, yes. yeah. exceed the hype of the moment. And, and it wasn't just because South Carolina lost. I think if South Carolina comes back and wins that game on a buzzer beater at yeah. the end yeah. or in overtime, it's still a wonderful night for women's basketball because we got to see the most captivating player in the in the game. And I'm honestly, I mean that writ large, the most captivating player in women's basketball go up against the best team in women's basketball. And and it just it lived up to that moment. It was so important for women's basketball to have that game be awesome and memorable. And something that, you know, my my parents are texting me about how great this game was. And my phone was blowing up. Yes. And it, I, you know, how important do you guys think this is? Yeah. Hey, we're not saying this is saving the sport or whatever, but just in terms of growing the sport, it's so important. Yeah, I think it's important from the perspective of like there were so many eyes on that game, and if it turned into being like a twenty-point blowout, it just it wouldn't have been great for what it was. But obviously, it wasn't that, so I think that's huge. I think there is a small part of it that like South Carolina losing is good in a way too, because it's like as a lot of the criticism about the women's tournament is like you can predict who's gonna win it, and you already know who's gonna win it. Now you clearly don't, so like. <laughs> I think there is a small part of that that is good for the game as well. It, it, it's great when those great UConn teams lost. Yep. It's great when those great Tennessee teams lost. Yep. Like those are the moments that grow the sport. You can look at men's men's basketball too. When Duke loses, that right. is great. Miami's Miami men's program built on a, a win against Duke. Uh, potentially going to be built on a win against UConn. Um, but when it you, took us all of five minutes to get to men's basketball, really? It, not men's basketball, Miami. It's Miami, specifically. Those are different things. No, but I'm, I'm saying that, like, for real, for real, like, when you look across the sport, the great teams losing grow the game, mm-hmm. whether it's the Warriors, whether it's, you know, the Heat. When the Heat lost to Dallas, that was such yeah. a huge moment yeah. for, for the sport and its growth. And I just think this is kind of that moment. It's not, it's, it, and it's not even, it's not that it's not shaping South Carolina. It's a giant compliment to how great they are. Yeah. I I also do want to give I mean you can look at Kaylin and and I mean and give some credit to the players but I I don't think I've ever spoken that highly of, of Lisa Bluter ever mm-hmm. in my life. I don't think those words really ever came out of my mouth. <laughs> it's not something you think about. But 
We've seen a lot of teams do the pack it in. Mm -hmm. Say, South Carolina, you want to beat us? Shoot. And they still got out-rebounded by 20. Dude, that's the one thing, Megan, we got cops to right now. We were real wrong about what, was gonna, what happened uh, yeah. in this basketball <laughs> yeah. game. We, we talked about the one path for South Carolina. We talked about all these things they need to do, get them off the boards, the other players need to score. None of that stuff happened, and it did not matter because of how great Caitlin Clark was and because of what Lisa Bluter did. And, and we should get into the X's and O's there um, for their defense. Because I thought, you know, you said they packed it in. Yeah, they packed it in. But I thought the way they did it in terms of having Caitlin Clark be a rover yeah. and, and, and having her come off Raven Johnson, she's a very good basketball player, have one of the best nights of her career, made the threes, and to stick with the plan no matter what was just so impressive. I, you know, that rover defense I thought was just really innovative and, and a good way to front the post to get, had just someone to clean up the messes and while allowing South Carolina to get shots that you want them to take. Right, and I think they committed to it too. Like, I think we see a lot of teams that play that and then South Carolina hits a couple threes mm -hmm. and they adjust. Like, they just haven't been a great three-point shooting team and I think you live with it. They're gonna beat you on threes. They beat you on threes, but um, like to just stick to it yeah. and stick to that game plan, it really worked. And I, and I think that's where also Caitlin Clark comes in. Yeah. Because if they do hit those threes and you don't score offensively, yeah, you lose. Yeah. But when you have the best, most talented player seen in a decade, uh, since maybe Sui. Sui so like, about a decade. We're not that old. I don't know. Yeah, we were in college a decade ago. Yeah, but was not that. Uh, <laughs> Either way. 2016 wasn't a decade ago yet. <laughs> with that game plan, don't win, don't have Caitlin Clark. Match made in heaven, her and Lisa did the damn thing. Yep. I'm so proud. I thought it couldn't be done. I started believing, like, <laughs> right when Caitlin scored. So yeah. The first two points, I said, it's it's the night. How are you not afraid of the moment ever? Like, some people are just built different. It's not, I, I would shell up. It's not even afraid of the moment. And by the way, we're, we're in the uh, Sheridan Hotel with all the coaches. So we're having people walk through. You may see some coaches that you recognize. Who knows? So keep an eye out for it if you're watching on YouTube. And drop us a like and a comment and all that while we're here. Um, Aaron Barcelona's there. Aaron Barcelona's over here. Uh, but we, to, to bring it back to what um, Iowa was doing, yeah, I, I think it was everyone too. It was from Lisa, and and that was such a that was such a crucial point of like we're not changing just because they change just because they did something. We're not changing because of that we are going to play our game and do exactly what we want to. And if they want to change, they can change. And I think on the other side, to, to a certain extent, you know, Dawn didn't change as well, and and this time it didn't work out for her. And I think I was just like fascinating because. Usually South Carolina and LSU, they're the teams that don't change. You have to change to them. You have to game plan to them. Iowa said, no, you're going to have to change or else Caitlin Clark's going to have 41 points. And South, and South Carolina, you know, tried to call the bluff, and it was not a bluff. She was blown by some of the best perimeter defenders in the country. Nobody could guard it. No, I could nobody. Not on screens, not on just one-on-one, -on -one, nothing. You can't go under Caitlin. Like... You can't go over Caitlin. Yeah. You can't do anything. They tried multiple things. They all failed. I just, I'm used to them taking your best player out of the game. Right. But they gave her one of the, her best performances of all time. It doesn't make sense. It shouldn't have happened. Well, so we, we theorized about this, right? About the two paths that Dawn could take. Uh, of, hey, you, you shut off the 
Gabby Marshalls, the McKenna Warnocks, the Maga Snaz of the world, in favor of trying to stop um, Mag, uh, Caitlin Clark. Maryland did that to great effect. And, and they killed Ari. And then, you know, Dawn decided on the other path, which was you shut off, uh, you let Caitlin do her thing, and you try to shut off everyone else, and you see what happens. And, you know, hey, if it works out, we're sitting here saying, oh, Caitlin Clark had 41 points, but South Carolina still won because they stuck with it. Didn't work out for her. But I just think, like, I'm with you, Dano. You, and, and Megan, I want to get your opinion. Like, I feel like you ha- you can't just let her, once she gets to, like, 30, you just can't let her continue not seeing double teams. You have to get the ball out of her hands. And if Gabby Marshall beats you, Gabby Marshall's a great basketball player. I'll live. I'll live if Gabby Marshall beats me, right? Yeah, I was surprised. Maybe not, like, the start of the second half they didn't adjust because, like, Boston had been in a bunch of foul trouble, so maybe you think that's going to fix some things. But, like, going into the fourth quarter, you're still down. Like, to not adjust, I thought was really surprising. I think the other thing we have to give credit to, though, is Monica Sonato was amazing. Like, wow. I didn't imagine that there was a world where Monica Sonato scored 18 points against South Carolina and, in the paint. And, like, so there was roles, which were incredible, and South Carolina plays very tight, we're playing very tight defense on the shooters, so there wasn't much tagging, so that's one way she got it. She also just, like, posted up on Leah Boston a couple times. And Cardoso. And Cardoso. And, and I mean, like, how? Yeah. How? <laughs> hey, I mean, you got to give the Cox credit. They held Gabby Marshall with zero points. <laughs> Hold on, I have a question, and this may, I don't want to sound, I want to come up in the right way. I believe South Carolina respected Caitlin Clark, but I don't think they thought what she did was possible. Like, there was no sense of urgency guarding her. Dana, who thought what what we saw last time was possible? But, like, how do you not respect her at this point? You knew this was coming. You had a week. You have, I mean, South Carolina's had two years to really think about Caitlin Clark, and, and, and you know, with all the discourse that um, has come about within the player, com- the player uh, of the year conversation, you'd think they would really just want to put her, put her down instead of instead of letting her do what she did. And and, and to a certain extent, I think maybe Dom was like, she can't beat these players all the time, right? She can't, she can't make every shot. She can't have forty back to back. And and I think, hey, as a coach, sometimes. You come in with the plan and you say, well, I don't, it, it, she, there was no, it, it was not fallible for her to score the last 16 points of the game. So let's score the last 16 points of Iowa, for Iowa. I mean, and, and the other thing about Caitlin Clark, just to pull it back to her, the fourth quarter, we all kind of looked at each other at some point in the third quarter, like she's passing too much. She, she's trying to get her teammates involved. That's great, but she needs to take over. And, and I think we all said to each other, like, no more passes, Caitlin. And I don't know if someone else said that on the Iowa bench. There was no more passes. She just took the ball. It's dog. Dog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, South Carolina had no answer for it. I think more than, like, Caitlin going off, though, like, having Sonata go off for 18 really killed South Carolina. To not have that late defense that has been such a staple of what makes this team good against Iowa, if you're going to let, you can't let Clark and Sonata beat you. Yes. And that's what they did. Because I still think, like, as fantastic as Caitlin was, she couldn't do it entirely alone. Like, you can't beat South Carolina entirely alone. But it's not all having such a great night. Like, the, you left the two of them beat them. Beat yeah. Well, and, and, and really, I mean, obviously, Aaliyah Boston's foul trouble mm-hmm. was a big deal. She pulled, she had two fouls in the first quarter, right? She got her last foul near the end of the first quarter. Yeah. 
and and you know, hey, we could, we're not gonna sit here and litigate foul calls. It was the game was called the way it was called. <laughs> the game was, uh, and we and we watched and we, in the game we saw one foul that went against Iowa, and we were like, that was not a foul. And then I'm down the other way. We saw a foul in South Carolina, or in South Carolina's favor, that we thought wasn't a foul. So I, I think it kind of evened out. But clearly that Boston foul trouble. Um, you know, put South Carolina behind the eight ball, and then holding, and then not having her back in in the second quarter. And I know Chris does a lot of coaches about this, but like not having her back in in the second quarter with two fouls, just kind of I think stole a lot of what they were going to be able to do. And you know how many fouls uh, Lee Watson dealt with? Three fouls. So and and I just think hey. We can sit the we can play the what if game if Aaliyah Boss is not foul trouble, but she was. And South Carolina, you know, I, I thought they, they they had some of their moments, but just never felt like they got going. I mean that second quarter you kinda of felt like the storm was coming, Zaya. Zaya. Uh, we should talk about Zaya because Zaya was incredible despite the fact that they lost. I mean, great tournament. Phenomenal tournament. Bigger stock went up a bit. But mm, I mean, you can't get eight points out of Leah Boston. I don't care if she didn't play the majority of the second quarter. You won the second quarter. Yeah. 24 to what, uh, 16? You won by eight? Cannot get that production out of your go-to. Like, and, and there had to be a way to get her more loose in the post. And this is a, this is a theme for both games, both Virginia Tech and LSU. Of the, the physicality in the paint, um, probably a little bit more so than we see in other games, right? Just a lot of physicality. And you'd think, like, it benefits South Carolina. I just, like, thought what Iowa did was so, it, it was just really, really impressive to have Makasana stand up in the post. But we got to get back to Zaya, because Zaya, you know, it, it's going to get lost in the shuffle, and it's going to be a damn shame that the game that she had didn't win South Carolina contest because what 25 points and, and just at times it felt like she we we're talking about the will of Caitlin Clark the, on the other side the uh, will of Zaya Cook to just keep them in that game at times was outstanding I just really want to give her a, a good shout out because she deserves it yeah especially in that first half when they had Boston out with foul trouble and they really needed someone to take over and she totally did it it was like it was, I don't think she was quite ahead of Caitlin Clark in the first half, but she was like scoring yes, yeah, pretty yeah. much consistently with Caitlin Clark in the first half, and then it tapered off in the second. But I think she really kept them in that game instead of them going into the half down ten, they were down one. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Zaya, the game wouldn't be close, and we wouldn't have had the greatest, yeah. the greatest, the greatest night of our lives. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> I'm just really I'm really happy for Zaya because yeah. I remember last year like. You know, obviously they win the championship, and she's happy about that, and that's all that matters to her because that's the type of player she is. She's a winner. But it, it was like the shooting was so off, and it wasn't like, yes, her shot was partially off. But it was like there were so many rim outs for her. There were so many times where it, the shot looked like it was halfway down and, and just popped out. So for her to come back this year, I've talked about it a lot, and and, re, and rebuild her shooting percentages and see the ball go through and that, and then to play with such confidence and poise and composure throughout that game where a lot of South Carolina players didn't have that same composure, just showed, I think, her leadership to this team that is, I hate saying underrated, un, un, under-heralded, how about that? Un, under-heralded in terms of what she does for that team. I was, I was just really happy to see it for in that, in that moment. 
obviously very devastated to see her lose the game and, and you know obviously she cares right? right so like I'm I'm gonna I'm happy that she cared so much but I'm very sad that they hurt her so much yeah that's just an incredible performance for her and like in this tournament in general too and gonna lift her staff for the next level if she decides she's going yeah so now I don't know do you want to talk about what's next with Dana you got anything more on the actual game wait I have one more thing on that okay yeah so so because I feel like we didn't really talk about McKenna Warnock because yes. she didn't score, but I think she did so many little things for Iowa last night in terms of the rebound, obviously, at the end was the big one, but in terms of battling and the paint with Boston and defending, I mean, Iowa's defense looked better than it ever has last night. It feels so good to hear you say that. <laughs> Megan, Megan, Iowa's cannot make the final four hour saying Iowa's defense. Uh, do we pull that clip now, oh or do we God. wait until the, after the championship game? But, I mean, I, I will say, they, South Carolina always found a way against these teams that could score, right? They yeah. always found a way. Like, what did they put up? 86 on Maryland? Yeah. Put wrong. Mm-hmm. yeah, 86. Like, they, they were visibly frustrated. And, I mean, like, Say they could have got more fouls, but I thought like even on the offensive rebounds, it's like just solid straight up defense. You take your chances. Like yeah, you don't board, you try to get the next one. So I think a lot of teams kind of fall. Like we saw with Maryland, so many fouls, all those offensive rebounds, and you're just giving them more opportunities to score. I would, I was almost perfect tonight or last night. And, and you know, I think one of the, the thing that Lisa, Lisa Blue said the most during that game was arms up. Arms up! Don't. One time, Monica brought the hand down, got a little foul call, and there was immediate sub to come off and tell her, "You gotta keep your hands up because if we lose you, we're not winning this game." And they just did that so, so well in terms of being careful and in terms of, um, you know, just just playing great, solid defense without fouling. And yeah, you give up a ton of offensive rebounds. Yeah, you give up some shots. Save the course. I just thought that part of it, in every aspect, was the most impressive for Iowa. Kind of Warnock though. Let's just talk about it just briefly. Let's step back perspective-wise. Iowa sealed this victory against the greatest offensive rebounding team in the history of women's, well, in the Her Hoops Stats era, history of women's basketball. With an offensive rebound from McKenna Warner, who playing the four, probably given up at least four inches, probably given up, you know, maybe 50 pounds of muscle. Four. Six inches. Yeah. yeah, at times six inches. And that ball, you know, it, it was just one of those pursuit rebounds where you see it, you follow the flight path, and got there. Even Caitlin's misses were good. <laughs> yeah. Even Caitlin's misses. It feels like I, it's so cliche to say, but it's like they wanted it more. Like, yeah. Like, uh, like uh, <laughs> I, I usually hate when people say that, but like, when you come up with that play, it kind of is like just you want to be more. If you had told me this team beat South Carolina a month ago, like, if you had told me they were going to beat, no way. We can listen to what Megan had yeah. to say about this <laughs> like, like, a month ago. <laughs> and, God. I mean, so I, my question when, as you're talking about this rebound, are we getting a McKenna Warnock statue? Or <laughs> Kayla Clark? No, I, I think we have to knock down the Dirk Kavitsky statue and put up oh. a Kayla Clark statue. In Dallas. In Dallas. Yes. And then we'll have one in Iowa and then every basketball stadium in the country has to have a Kayla Clark statue. <laughs> the greatest basketball player to ever play the game, 
hard night. We're joking. We're being facetious. We don't have to get into that relax, conversation. Relax. We're joking. Yeah. We're joking. But, we can say one of the greatest, if not the greatest, NCAA tournament performances. Yeah, I got maybe, maybe. I mean, like, I couldn't. Individual performances. Can't think of many individual games as great as this one. Forget college, women's college basketball. Forget college basketball. Like, the annals of sports history. Like, you know, LeBron, game, game six against the Warriors. Something like that, maybe. Or game seven, excuse me. That's something similar, right? I, I mean, yeah. I don't know. In, in college, it just kind of seems like there's not that. Hasn't been yeah. this team with, that's Maybe so driven like by one player. Diana back in like 04, but. But Diana. Yeah. Just say Diana. <laughs> I'm sure some people probably didn't know what I mean. <laughs> but Diana didn't have so much on her shoulders offensively. I don't think any player not had too, so much. That 04 team she did, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but that, but she had just so much on her shoulders, and, and to play do it against the against the team that she did it against. I think that's the part that makes it so special. Because yeah, someone got forty one points. You know, who they play in the Elite Eight? Louisville. Against a great defensive team in Louisville, one of my favorite teams in this tournament. And it's just not the. It's not even in the same stratosphere as doing yeah, against South Carolina. I think to do have a very similar performance against South Carolina is a whole other level. No. There, there may not be another run like this in a tournament. Not for a while. We'll have Caitlin Clark next year. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, God, I I love this moment. Like, I love being here in the now, appreciating it. Um, and I mean. We, don't, we can talk about the other game first, but I do want to see her win it all. I no. want it so bad for her. For what? Oh, oh yeah. We got to, yeah, we'll preview that. And I have money on LSU to win it all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think at this point it, it kind of becomes like, if you're a fan and you saw what you saw, I feel like you kind of have that, that yeah. swell in you. But I want to talk a little bit just first, very briefly, about what's going to happen next to South Carolina. So the freshies class, they're seniors. However... They all have another year back. I'm pretty sure I've said on this podcast that South Carolina did win the championship. Maybe I just said it off the podcast. South Carolina did win the championship. I'd bet a lot of money on a lot of those players coming back. So after the game, um, I don't know. I, I know Leah Boston said that she hasn't made a decision yet about the pros. She has 48 hours to do so. Do you think this team runs it back? I don't think so. I think you're going to see at least some pieces leave. But I also kind of think Boston's going to go, and I know you disagree with me on that. But I think she's like, right now you're like the guaranteed number one pick. I don't know that you're going to be able to say that next year. That's probably going to piss some people off, but I don't know that you can say that next year. Just for thousands of different reasons, that may not be true. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And I think... Had they not won a championship yet, yeah. I think it would be different. Sure. But because they won one last year, like they have a championship, obviously we see this year, right? There's no guarantee you're going to run it back. Right. I don't think all five of them are going to stay. So like, well, Brie, Brie Beal said she's yeah, yeah. So you're not going to have the same team. There's definitely no guarantee you're going to win it all next year. So I wouldn't be surprised to see most of them kind of leave. If that's what they were leading towards already, I don't know that last night changes anything. I thought Dawn's uh, framing of it was actually really interesting. She said that she would tell Aaliyah to leave um, to the pros so that she can have more space to work in the paint. 
I just thought the framing was interesting because, you know, I, I, I wonder how much Aaliyah views this as, I just want to see how good at basketball I can get. Because right, if you're coming at it from that perspective, then maybe, the, maybe you know, having accomplishments here in college or you know, doing things in college or you know, having fun in college, that's totally a great reason to stay. But if you want to, perhaps it's not as attractive to her because she wants to see how great she can be and that's going to only happen in the WNBA. I, I have a question for both of you. I, I guess I do love hypotheticals, even though I've been saying I don't. But, all right, so take Zaya, Beal, Aliyah off this team. What's South Carolina ceiling next year? To me, it's not a national championship. Well, Dov Cardoso, Raven Johnson's going to get better. I think they're still in the mix. Like, I still think they're probably a top-five team. Mm-hmm. I think you have to think about other places where you're losing people too, right? Like we go for this Iowa team, like Sonata is this is her last year, regardless. Yeah. Like that's gonna be Hannah Stokey. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah Stokey is great for freshman, I think she can be great, but like losing Sonata is gonna be a big loss. Yeah, right absolutely. Now. I mean I mean imagine I would just dominates the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, it's so hard to say too, like what who's like yeah, South Carolina next year because like the transfer portal changes things so quickly. South Carolina's absolutely getting people in transfer yeah. I'm just gonna, gonna make it bold. But position. yeah, they're probably still a top five preseason team. Well and, and and you know for to kind of put it in context I feel like, you know, Dawn's first championship team in with uh, Asia that happens, those players leave. It did take a couple more years to build back up, and I don't think it's crazy, especially in, in where we are now, to expect, hey, maybe there's a year, maybe there's two years, that Dawn has to build up that culture that they're losing with those players that we all mentioned. And, and I don't think that's, that's not like wrong. I think it's, people are going to think, well, maybe like if South, if South Carolina is good as those UConn teams. No, they're just in a, it's a very different environment now. And yeah, you can win with those transfer portal players. I'm not sure Dawn really wants to rely on them as the core of her team. Yeah, and if you do lose a generational player like Leah Boston, you should not be that good. Like, I mean, like, that's a huge piece oh of your identity, your system, um, for four years. So Think about Iowa when Caitlin Clark yeah, is. when she leaves, yikes. <laughs> yeah, we're going to find out. You made that you never whole know, identity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. All right, I mean, I, I, do, we, do we get any more? We got into this. All right, yeah. Can we go to the sad part now? I mean, like, this game was sad, and it, and I don't know, maybe we just have an affinity for Kenny Brooks because we get to talk to him. They're just, like, the kindest person ever. And, like, Georgia Amor is, is steals hearts. And, you know, Taylor's soul, her energy is so wonderful that you kind of just fall in love with this Virginia Tech team. Um, I think it was just heartbreaking, though, because you saw it slipping away. For Virginia Tech, they t- they come out, they they play really well in that first quarter. Um, actually, play poorly in the first quarter. Second and third quarter, go to zone defense, works gangbusters. It's amazing. You know, South Carolina can't hit the outside shots. I mean, sorry, LSU can't hit the outside shots. The rebounds are coming down to Virginia Tech. It's all going Virginia Tech's way. What was the what was the rebound advantage at the end of the first half? I don't remember, but it was big in the favor of Virginia Tech. It was like a 10 point, 10 rebound Yeah, it was like plus 11 for for Virginia Tech. They were down, they were down 9, went on 11 over on the last 5 minutes of the first half. It was beautiful. Yeah, and And then continued into that third quarter too. They were up by 9 at the end of the third quarter, and then LSU started in the fourth on a 22 to 3 run. I'm sorry, dude, I'm sorry. (laughs) 
just, how does that happen? Well, I think that was the first change, right? Alexis Moore starts hitting outside shots. Tari Poole hit some outside shots. The threes fell a little bit, and then they got out of the zone. For, and, they, and they went back into it at times, but they, they really got out of that zone in the fourth quarter. And that just kind of opened up the floor for yeah. all of those, you know, Angel Reese post-ups, Angel Reese offensive rebounds. I thought the refs really allowed the physicality, as we mentioned in the South Carolina the game. Turnovers too. Turnovers, like breakaway layups, like very uncharacteristic turnovers. Yeah, that happens in the first quarter. That should not happen in the fourth. I would say, to a certain extent, the Virginia Tech game, Virginia Tech LSU game, went a little bit more like the South Carolina Iowa game that we had envisioned, that we had previewed, um, and, and it's just like. It was it was just like heartbreaking because you, you saw it slip away from that team that had done so much and captivated so many you know people. But God, LSU. Yeah. So we should all just say like we were wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were about to say we should all say give Kimmer fire. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're canceled. Uh, I mean, I guess we kind of have to. Wait, <laughs> how much of the credit goes to Kim in that point? I mean, like. Obviously, the defense worked. I mean, what, they only attempted 53 shots. Yeah. Like, they attempted what? Yeah, 11 I mean, I think we saw, like, Kim Mulkey's been there before, right? She knows what she's doing. I think you saw that experience maybe take over a little bit in terms of she's been to the final four, she's been to a national championship, she has three national championships, and she got this team here, which is really impressive in its own way, obviously, because you know, it's her second season and then was able to get them there. But I think you have to give the credit to the players, too, yeah. right? Like, Angel Reese and Alexis Morris really executed in that fourth quarter. Angel Reese was huge on the glass. She didn't have the best half on the glass in the first quarter. I think she only had two rebounds at the end of the first half, which was a huge part of why Virginia Tech was where they were, yeah. and then she really took over on the glass in the second half. And and I think, you know, basketball's fickle, right? Basketball is, a, is just tough to figure out, because we were talking about, you know, criticizing what Dawn, what Dawn's choices to stay the course in her um, defense. And you look at it, and it's like, yeah, Dawn has every reason to stay in that course. And LSU, it, it didn't work out for uh, South Carolina. LSU did the same exact thing. They said, we are going to be our identity. We do not care what the other team is doing. And it did work out for them. And I, and I just, like, just really, really impressed by Angel Reese, Alexis Morris, and the whole team for maintaining that composure in the same way that uh, Iowa did, I think. I think some of it is also, like, that lack of depth kind of caught up. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I agree. I mean, they needed one more piece. Mm-hmm. They needed somebody to be supportive. They needed somebody in their corner. They, uh, <laughs> perhaps a former All-American point guard transfer, uh, <laughs> who had to leave the game because she was sick. Um, uh, yeah, that would have been helpful if they had another player. Yeah, just something. And I mean, Taylor's holding three fouls, too. Yeah, yeah that hurt them. I, uh, I mean, still, like you said, what a run for that team, though. I don't think any of us expected them to be playing no. in Dallas. Maybe. <laughs> Not really. No, because well, you picked them to win the ACC. You should take a victory lap for that. Yeah. You've been taking a lot of <laughs> a lot of L's today. A so, yeah, I did way back in November thinking they would win the ACC. So. Yeah. <laughs> Megan got one. I got one right. <laughs> oh, no, but man, I, I really, it, they should. Uh, uh, Virginia Tech has to be just extremely proud of where they brought this program. 
I tweeted this out last night. Like, I don't think this team is done. I don't think this program is done. George A. Moore comes back. Liz Kitley can come back. You know, few, it, it seemed like in the press conference Liz Kitley was leaving, right? Yeah, was that, that was the vibe I got as well. It felt like she was done. Yeah, but she was careful about her words. She didn't say anything that would, you know, hand her into a corner. So she could come back. And they're losing Taylor Soler, losing losing Kayana Trailer, Count Trailer. Breaking, breaking. Great season, like was so consistent down the stretch. I love that after the game too. Someone someone asked her like, "Well, how'd you feel? She transferred from Purdue, comes over to Virginia Tech, spends two years there, and they asked her like, well, how, how do you feel about your time at Virginia Tech?'" She said, "I got everything I ever could ever hope for, and I got some, you know, I got not only the Final Fours and all that, but I got like a family that loved me from the second I got here." And I was just like. Beautiful. That's the point of the game, right there. That's the entire point of the game. I think it came out on the court for a trailer. And that one, and unfortunately, Seoul had the foul trouble, which I think kind of limited her uh, ability to impact, impact the game. And she was huge in that run for Virginia Tech. Yeah. I think the thing that struck me at that press conference, too, was like how much I think the team was very quickly able to like reflect on like how great of a season it was for yeah. them in terms of like getting there and also how much they all just like love each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all they said at the whole press conference. I think it was very sweet to see them like all talk about each other like that. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought it was I love I love hearing that team talk because it is always like that. They always talk about their trust and that respect and the family aspect. Um, I do want to take this opportunity to criticize Penny Brooks. Ten never do this. Um, but I, do you, I think Kenny could have stuck with the 2-3 zone throughout the game. I think when you look at, and I get, this really crystallized for me after the Iowa game, seeing what Lisa Bluter did, sticking with what, she, what her plan was and what was working for most of the time. I think Kenny, for, for a few different reasons, the officiating, the way LSU was attacking him, Alexis Morris's shot making, he had plenty of reasons to come out of the zone. I just kind of wish he stayed in that zone until the end and see what, see what happens. I think it's a little different than the South Carolina-Iowa situation because I think like Zaya wasn't the one hitting the threes for right. South Carolina, so I think you're going to give, if it's not Zaya, I think you're okay with those shots and you're okay with like letting that happen. I think if Zaya's the ones hitting the three, maybe Iowa doesn't right. stick with that. And I think for LSU, it was Alexis Morris hitting yeah. the threes. And Alexis Morris can beat you. That's and I think that probably is a big part of it and why it's a little different from that, that South Carolina-Iowa game. No, that's a really good point. What do you think, Dana? so hard to talk about these games, though, man. I, I, I just keep, like, putting my mind back to how I was feeling. Like, I thought there was no way they were losing that game. Like, with the boys they've had all season. Like, that's the team that doesn't fold. That's the team that pours it on. Look, dude. Hey. But I, I got to give, I mean, Angel Reese, Angel Reese bodied me up last night. She really she, did. She she pushed me to the ground, scored, did this, <laughs> and and I have to I have to own it. And, and it's sad. And Angel, I thought she bounced back from a couple times where she got beat by Liz Kitley, and she had to stay the course and show that poise, that leadership. And I, I think that to me this season um, is probably the biggest growth in her game. Not only yeah, right. she, she yeah. has so much strength and speed and all those tools you saw all of that in the time of Maryland I think the aspect that changed for her was being a leader and kind of being embraced by her coach and, and having when you have Kim Mulkey as your coach it's easy to have a big personality because you can look at whatever the hell she's wearing and be like well I ain't as crazy as her um, and I think for Angel it was like she kind of blossomed into a leader in this in this system 
I mean, that fourth quarter, that was the best LSU team I've seen all season. Absolutely. Against the best competition on the biggest stage. Not many teams are down nine mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter and win a game like this. Very rare. Yeah. And, I mean, I want to... I want to. I mean, it's it's so hard when I think about that quarter, yeah. but I also think about what Caitlin Clark did to to be confident in, in picking a winner in the next game. Mm-hmm. Like it is. It, I wasn't happy because of Virginia Tech lost, but it really is going to be a great matchup too. Yeah. Yeah. I want to jump to that. I think it's a kind of almost like very similar to the second game last night. Like I yes. South Carolina. Like LSU plays a very very similar style. Um, You've got, you know, Reese in the post, and then you've got Morris on the perimeter, kind of like Boston mm-hmm. and Zaya. It's a very, very similar game to the game that we saw in the second one last night. Yeah. I, I do think they're going to need to get something else out of, I mean, LaDeja Williams honestly played great last night, too. Yeah, but, she had 10, I think. She was, she was good for them. But they need more than Angel. Yeah, I think Flaugia is going to have to do something this tournament. And Flaugia had and Flaugia had a couple moments, offensive yeah. rebounds, drives through. Yeah. She had her moments. But I mean, I think you need you need someone to step up in this game. I mean, it's Kaylin. I mean, how do you bet against her at this point? I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> like, check up. I'm picking. I'm picking Iowa because like, I'm not sure I'll ever pick against Kaylin Clark in her college career ever again. I don't know. <laughs> That's a strong statement. I can't. After what we just saw, like that was life changing. But there's a chance for a letdown moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think LSU's gonna say, okay, we saw what South Carolina tried. We're not gonna try to do that. We are gonna put the box in one. Hell, put triangle on two and just put both players on on Caitlin Clark. Let the other players play zone. If if Gabby Marshall and McKenna Warnock hit, Kate, Kate Martin, Kate Martin, Kate Martin. Oh, we didn't get to talk about Kate Martin. Kate Martin. I've never, you guys ever seen the Bradley Beal, John Wall clip? There's times where it was like, I ain't never ever seen you act like this, Kate Martin. She's going by some of the best players in the country, just straight line drives in the room. I was like, I've never, Kate, on, on fire. But look, yeah. in this game, if those players beat you, yeah. hey, you live. You live. Yeah, I think you have to try to seal it on Clark because if it comes Clark and Sonano versus. Reese and Morris, I think Iowa has the advantage there because Caitlin is so good. And I think, I mean, Reese is probably going to have the advantage on Sonano, but I think what Caitlin can do is going to give them too much in the edge. So if you make it the Stars versus the Stars, I think it's going to be Iowa. So I think you're right. I think LSU can't do what South Carolina did. I think you have to try to force other players other than Clark to beat you. Yeah. I was thinking about it. Nobody can guard her one on on this LSU team. No Nobody. one. Nobody in the country. No one on the planet. <laughs> maybe, maybe like I, I don't so, know. So you're right. You have <laughs> to throw. You have to throw something wild at her. At this point, you have to. If you if you go at it with your normal whatever, it's not like they haven't watched LC play defense. They're gonna scout the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. You gotta go nuts. Do oh. something completely random. Throw her off. Probably won't work, but still, you gotta try. You gotta I think try. It, you got it. You got it. I mean, you have to have like. Personally, I would have like eight or nine different coverages. We're gonna he- we're gonna hard hedge. We're gonna show on her. Go over. We're gonna tap that ball out. We're gonna send. We're gonna send help from the strong side corner and try to get her to you know pass that strong side corner because we want that shot more than her shooting. We're gonna have blitzes. We're gonna have traps. We're gonna do anything possible to make sure that you don't beat us. Anyone else can beat us. 
we'll live with life if that is the case. I just, like to me, if I was LSU, I'm saying, I can't take, I can't live with myself if that girl did what she did last night to us on something. Yeah, and then I think from like LSU's perspective, or from Iowa's perspective on LSU, yeah. I think you use a lot of the same strategies you used against South Carolina, but I wonder if you try to adjust to do something about the, the glass to be a little bit better yeah. on the glass. Because I think if you allow Angel Reese to get that many offensive rebounds, that's going to be harder. Especially because Boston was in foul trouble. A lot yeah. of those offensive rebounds were Cardoso. Camilla Cardoso isn't always the best finisher. She's not, she's not as good as Angel finisher. Reese is a better finisher. So if you let Angel Reese get positioned and get those boards, she's probably going to finish. Yeah, you got, you got to figure out a way to push her out to the perimeter. And, hey, look, Maka Sano. She, she played great last night. So she plays like she did. I think that's really good she, for Iowa. She yeah. stood up to as like a rock, like a stone wall down there in the post and not giving up position. I mean, she gave up inches, but she didn't give up position. I agree with you, though. I think Angel Reese is going to finish over her just with all her length and all the yeah. you know, gang. She's a little stuff. bit different of a player than Boston. Or not a little bit, a lot of a different of a player than uh, Boston or Cardoso, too. So. so if they go with the rover, I mean, you have to probably do it off Lodge, right? She would get absolutely... Wait, oh, you mean like Lee Flaget? Yeah, yeah, Lee Flaget. Yeah, yeah. I'll be Tari Poole. I'll let her shoot. No, Tari Poole's probably a good enough shooter. I'm not going to leave her. Comp- I'm not going to make her the rover yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. probably Flaget until she comes out and hits a few. Maybe then you adjust because I think she's capable. We've seen her go off like times this season, but it's, she hasn't really had any success shooting in this tournament. So I think, yeah, I think that's the opportunity. Except for last what? Except for last night. She, she, she hit one three. And it was massive. Okay, yes, but it was <laughs> one three. I don't think we're going to make an entire hey, we, defensive we, it's game it's under her one three. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I just think your, your better bet is to help off logic. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, LSU's going to have to scout it now. Like, like, I'm not sure I would put this on tape, honestly, of that yeah. rover. I'm not sure. And that, and that didn't, you know, South Carolina couldn't really adjust to yeah. having, you know, Raven Johnson cut, figuring out the lane for her to get there. They're, LSU's going to have that scouted and understand how to get fly, if it's Flage or if it's Poole, how to get them off the three-point line and go into the basket where they want the shots. Yeah. I mean, the other thing about Iowa last night, they don't miss free throws. They don't. South Carolina, best player missed two. A couple other people missed. You lost by four, you missed four free throws. I was perfect. Angel Reese misses a lot of free throws mm-hmm. this year. I don't think the moment's too big for her, though. She lives with this. Yeah. I'm, I'm pumped. It's going to be a great game. You guys want to make a pick? Ah, Iowa. Iowa? What's the, what's the spread here? Oh, uh, it went from it opened at minus one half. It's already up to minus three. It got pounded last night. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Against the spread, I might go LSU. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I think it's going to be close. I do think Iowa, though. I just, like, I'm not going to bet against Kayla Clark at this point, the way she's playing. And I think if it's a close game, like, Who's the player most likely to like hit that big shot to win it? It's gonna be Kayla Clark. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the last yeah. two national championships it's been like wait, was Stanford was close, right? Were there uh, Arizona? Was that close? Yeah, that was close game. That was close game. I don't think it was a one point game, but it was close. They they had to foul at the end though. It was essentially a one point game. Uh, yeah, I mean then we got last year was not close. <laughs> well that was destiny that went on. Yeah. God, but yeah, so I mean like I could see a world where Iowa wins by ten in the cruise. Um, there's a world where LSU puts my time and cruises too. So, but I think ultimately, hopefully, we're just gonna get it for game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to follow up what we just saw, yeah. but but what if it does, right? This one, and th- we said this, right? We're walking in, we're walking into our seats. I look at Megan, I'm like, 
because we walked in after the press conference. It was like Iowa's up like maybe eight to four or something really small. I'm like, Megan, what if this happens? Like, what if they? Pull <laughs> we are both it? like, nah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> what if they freaking pull it off? And and I, you know, LSU and Iowa could pull off making an even greater game out of this and making this just like one of the best Final Fours we've ever seen. I, I'm really just excited for that on Sunday. Obviously, all of us picking Iowa means that LSU's going to win. <laughs> so if you're looking for that, I'm going to look at Aaron. Are you picking LSU? Are you picking LSU? Uh, worked out the other day. So, I, uh, at this point, how can you not believe in Iowa, though, right? But maybe it's the same theory. you got to stick with LSU for the same reason. Pick Iowa. Mm-hmm. No, we're 3-0. Oh, <laughs> okay, there you go. Pick Iowa? Yeah, so then we all have it together. Exactly. All right, we're all in. We're all in at the group stats. Um, it doesn't matter, really. We're just looking for great basketball. And the, the four teams here put on just an amazing show, and we're just so... I'm just so happy to be here. I love that. Like, we all love basketball. This is why we do this. Nights like last night are why you are a fan, why you're a coach, why you're a player of this game. It was just so wonderful. I just want to thank all four of the teams for how they played, how they paired themselves, and, and how they showed off for this sport. And I'm really excited to see it again on Sunday. So for Megan, for Dano, for our late entrant, Aaron Barzilai, uh, I'm Gabe Ibrahim. We will talk to you very soon after that national championship game, which we're hoping it's a classic. So, have a good one, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. And that's Dallas.